Every day we're given so many choices. What are you choosing today? Do you wanna start that new business? Change your mindset? Level up? Hear an inspiring story? Well, I got you. I am your host, Shakira Shanae, and this is the Unzip Podcast. Every week I'm joined by ambitious women with amazing stories. We chat about strength, beauty, and purpose. And sometimes we just girl chat and talk about every damn thing. But one thing that I can promise you is that every conversation is worth a listen. Let's get into it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Unzip Podcast. On today's episode, I have another amazing guest for you. She has been my best friend for the last... 15, 16 years, Mm -hmm. Um, but she also is an amazing, amazing person, an amazing lawyer. She is the most dedicated and persistent person I know, and so I know that she's going to drop hella gems for you guys. Um, So a little bit about Catalina. She has a decade of experience in the fields of immigration, business law, and international human rights. She began her legal training as a receptionist at a boutique immigration law firm while completing her Bachelor of Science at Kennesaw State University. She assisted attorneys with family-based petitions, waivers, removal defense, non-immigrant visas. Um, She has done the work and now she is well on her way. She has her own uh, foundation called United Voices uh, that we're going to talk about. Um, And she also is practicing business law. So I I'm so excited to bring her on the podcast. I'm so excited for her to share her journey with you all. And I know that she is going to motivate. Okay. So without further ado, let's welcome Catalina to the podcast. Hey, girl. Hey, hey everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me today. I'm so excited to have you on. Long time coming. Um, yes. We've been talking about having you on the podcast since the podcast was even a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but finally, here we are. We were like, you know what? Let's just pencil in some time and let's make it happen. I've been doing that lately. Like with my sister, with you, I'm like, okay, let's just do this. Make it happen. Let's make it happen. Um, everybody in our circle knows that you are someone who is dedicated you are disciplined you are persistent you make it happen you don't take no for an answer you are a go-getter um and (laughs) (laughs) we we have talks like you know once every two months where we're like why did we just take the easy route like how why did we do all of this why do we want (laughs) so much like we're so so ambitious (laughs) right why are we so ambitious why did we just like just calm down and do like an easy nine to five, but no, here we are. Um, I want you to share your journey with the listeners about um, just like how, how, you know, how you were brought up, what were your plans, and then we'll get to where you are now. Right. So, so I'm originally from Colombia and, you know, growing up, um, I was into sports. My dad is a two-time Olympian cyclist. And so growing up, sports were always a big part of our family. Uh, But I was always into academics and studying. And when we moved to the United States, we moved to Utah. And that was a big um, culture shock for me because I come from a very diverse country uh, with a lot of culture. 
And, you know, when we moved to Utah, it was a completely different scene. Um, I found myself kind of bored sometimes, which, you know, uh, propelled me to just focus on my studying, focus on, you know, learning English. And so studying really became like a hobby for me. And so I knew I wanted to go to law school, but I wanted to make sure that I actually liked what being a lawyer uh, is like, what the day-to-day -day entails. So um, in undergrad, when I was studying at Kansas State University, I started working as a receptionist at an immigration law firm uh, doing immigration. Um, just as a legal assistant, receptionist, answering the phone, preparing applications. And then I just started moving up the ladder. Then I became a paralegal. Um, then I went to law school and became a law clerk. And then I just graduated law school in December. But, um, you know, it's been a long journey. Um, I have been working in the legal field for over a decade. So I definitely put in the work and the hours to get here. Yes, you have. I mean, we would have moments <laughs> where, like, I would just know that you weren't going to be available on weekends and because you just always had so much to do and you always had so much studying to do and you would just go weeks and weeks and weeks just just studying the those big books and taking all those notes and at any point where you just like no I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> Sometimes, honestly, especially when you see people on social media not doing much and thriving, you know, just, yeah, you, you definitely, <laughs> you definitely feel like, man, I could have been a social media influencer. Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, it definitely, um, it does take a lot of work, but, you know, does not knock anyone's hustle. Uh, being a social media influencer is also a lot of work, just different type of work. But, you know, having to sit for eight hours, 10 hours at a time studying, um, that's no easy task. And you do sacrifice a lot of your personal life. And that's why it's so important to have friends that understand your journey there are a lot of people that, you know, um, are your friends, but then when you get so busy and you're just, you know, putting in the work, you have to go MIA from time to time. A lot of friends and people don't understand that. Um, and so it's very, very important to have friends in your corner that understand what you're doing, that are willing to support you, and that really understand that when you go MIA and not calling, it's not because you don't want to talk, but because what you're doing really requires all of your attention, especially when you're working and going to school. So, Absolutely. What, it, what allows you to be so disciplined? Because to become a lawyer does take discipline, right? It takes consistency and it does take a certain type of mindset to really push you through. Um, so what keeps you so disciplined? Mm -hmm. I think just focusing on the bigger picture and my why. I always have very clear why I started this journey and what I'm trying to accomplish um, throughout my journey. And so I'm very intentional about the opportunities that I pursue and how I spend my time. 
Um, I want to make sure that I am fulfilling my goals. And I also think it has to do a lot with being an immigrant. Um, you know, you do come to this country to make your dreams happen, to um, create your American dream. And so I want to make sure that if I'm here and working and making sure that I'm pursuing the opportunities that make sense for me, you know, three years down the road, five years down the road, 10 years down the road. And also just doing what you love. I think when you do what you love, um, it doesn't always feel like work. And so it allows you to just keep going and also celebrating the small milestones along the way just keeps me motivated um, to keep going in that it just keeps you dedicated and focused. I love that. And I, I totally agree with you. I think having that big picture set and knowing your why definitely keeps you going even on days where you feel like giving up on days where you're just like crying in a corner on days when you know <laughs> we even call each other and we're like what in the world like what do we do um i think knowing that big picture and knowing your why definitely keeps you going um and then i want to know too how do you create that balance? So you are, you know, a full-time, well, you were a full-time student. You were running a business, which we'll get into. You are married. And what I did not say is you are a world traveler. Like you love traveling. That's like you and your husband's, um, that's like your baby essentially is those designed <laughs> that you guys like to travel. So how do you balance it all? Balance is definitely hard. You know, it's something that I'm still working on. Um, I, think, I think the idea of balance sometimes is, is, is not attainable sometimes because sometimes in life you have to give a little bit more of yourself in certain areas. And so it's more like, you know, this season, this is what I'm doing. Next season, this is what I'm doing. So sometimes having that balance is difficult, but I think as long as you're doing things that are productive and intentional and that feed your soul, that kind of helps you keep going and stay grounded without feeling like you're running on an empty cup. Um, and so, you know, the balance I'm still working on, but I would just say time management make sure that you're blocking out time to study, to work, to spend with time uh, with friends and family. And then I would also say, when it's time to work, be focused on that task that you're doing so that you can complete it. And when it's time to hang out with your friends and family, you're not thinking about all the work you didn't complete because you were procrastinating. And so um, I would say, say uh, time management, being intentional with your time, making sure that you have your priorities straight, you know, and um, just being kind to yourself and do what you love so that it keeps you motivated. I love that you said feed your soul because I think a lot of times as um, aspiring entrepreneurs or just entrepreneurs or, or students or whatever it is um, that that we're facing or that we're we're in um you kind of forget that process of feeding your soul um yeah. you get so overwhelmed um with all the tasks right and right. then the things that are supposed to feed your soul almost feels like a task like get nails done, right. check 
get hair done, check. Like, you know what I mean? And it's things that you're supposed to sit and enjoy and bask in, lunch with friend, check. And it doesn't even feel like it's something that you get to kind of like sit and enjoy because it's just a task that you're trying to complete. Time with kids, check. Right, (laughs) right. No, it's true. You know what I mean? And so really being intentional with your time and really allowing yourself to really feed your soul and to take a deep breath and to be in the moment, to acknowledge where you are going, acknowledge where you're, where you're coming from, the, you know, all of the accomplishments that you, and I, I know we do this for each other all the time. Right. All after, the time. after we're done with like our list of complaints, we're like, but look, at, <laughs> but look we're like, but look, look how far we've made look it. How far <laughs> you've come. You know what I mean? And I think that's really important. Having that right. accountability partner to, you know, listen to you kind of like, like then, but also be like, but look at how far you've come, you know, take it in and enjoy it. And then go treat yourself with something and, you know, go get a massage or go travel or whatever. And actually you said something really good too. When you're doing that thing, that's feeding your soul. You're not thinking about all your tasks because you've already set the time to do that. Exactly. Exactly. And that's something that I, I had to learn because initially I would be just, you know, hanging out with friends and family and I would be thinking about all the things I had to do. And so that wouldn't really allow me to disconnect and be in the moment with my friends and family. And so then, you know, when it kind of keeps you in a toxic cycle where, you know, when you're working, you're thinking, oh, I really miss my friends. I wish, you know, I had some free time. But then when you have that free time, you're thinking about all the things you have pending to do. But if you just set times on your calendar as to when you're going to accomplish that task, then you know it's handled. You know, I'm going to take care of it on Tuesday at 11 a.m. Right now I can sit right here and enjoy my time with my friends and family. And I think that's a very healthy way of um, dealing with so much pressure sometimes, but still being present in the moment and enjoying the people around you. Definitely. Definitely. I love that. Um, Okay. So from studying 24 (laughs) seven to traveling the world, um, you know, being an amazing wife, daughter and friend, you decide... I'm going to start a nonprofit. Yes. Yes. Talk, us about, was, talk, talk to us about that. It was really, I say it was a God-given vision because, you know, I, I worked in the private uh, uh, fields um, of law for a really long time. You know, I worked for uh, big law firms like Morgan & Morgan, but I've also worked for nonprofits like the SPLC. And working for, you know, these type of companies, I really saw a drastic change um, in company culture and goals that, you know, you set out with your team and what the purpose of this entity is, right? And so when I worked for the SPLC, there was just something amazing about going to like Stewart Detention Center and speaking to immigrants who were detained because they don't have a legal status, but then using your skills and your knowledge um, to get them out of jail. Um, and so that was really a gratifying moment for me where I realized that, wow, like I really love this work 
And so I, the, my first year in law school, you know, the name just came to me, the, the vision for the logo and what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. It all just came to me. And so I started, you know, drawing out the plan, um, creating a business plan, brainstorming ideas about how I was going to make this happen. Because first of all, I'm a first generation college grad. Um, I don't have any lawyers in my family and no one that I know had a nonprofit. And so I didn't really have the contact. out here breaking barriers. Yes, <laughs> yes, by the grace of God. But yes, I really, I really didn't have the contacts. And so it took a lot of research. Um, you know, Google is my best friend, obviously besides you. <laughs> but Google, you can find anything there. Um, and just put in the work, really, like figure it out. How did other people do it? Listen to other people that have done the work, even if it's just a YouTube interview. How did it make it happen? And so I created the business plan. I, you know, created the website. I started, you know, just working on the plan on my free time and on the weekends uh, after class. And so, um, all the pieces really started coming together. I think when you start doing the work to make your dreams come true, the universe just conspires to open all the doors that you need to make it a reality. And so the right people started coming into my life. Uh, you know, the right organizations were reaching out or I was reaching out and they were saying yes. And then it all just started coming together like a beautiful puzzle. And, um, you know, now four years later, later uh, we have been able to serve so many people in the community from, you know, legal services uh, to humanitarian aid um, to, you know, COVID relief. And so I've been very blessed that my vision really became a reality. So good. So good. What what were your obstacles like when you're starting out for, you know, a person that may be listening to this and thinking like, man, I've always wanted to start a nonprofit, but I have no idea where to start. I think you gave us a couple of good starting points. Um, but what were those obstacles like in the beginning? The obstacles were, first of all, um, how to get started. Like, what do I need to be in compliance with a nonprofit organization? Um, then how do I get the funding? Um, how do I build a sustainable team? And, you know, how does, that, how does it all come together, really? Those were like the, the big points that I had to figure out. And so, you know, for the funding, I started thinking, who is my audience? Who am I trying to serve? Uh, what services do I want to offer? Is this nonprofit going to be uh, based on solely um, donations or grants? Or are we going to offer services to you know, create revenue? Or is it going to be a combination of all of them? And so um, once I figure out who my audience was and who I was trying to serve, what services we were going to offer, then from there, I started thinking about the team and who I would need um, to make, you know, the vision a reality. Um, and so I think the obstacles that you face at first is just how to get started. But I would say, you know, 
the way I overcame that was number one, research. And then number two, I started speaking to people in the community that were doing similar things um, as serving, um, you know, the demographic that I was serving, but they had a nonprofit in a different field. And so I would just reach out and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to start a nonprofit. This is my vision. Would it be possible to schedule a time to have coffee or, you know, just chat over Zoom? And people are willing to help you. You know, you just have to reach out. People want to um, give their knowledge. They want to um, be a mentor to others. It's just sometimes we let our ego or shyness get in the way because we don't want to ask. We think we're going to bother someone. But just how someone mentors you today, you know, years down the road, you can return the favor and mentor others. So it's, it's just about reaching out. Don't be afraid. Really figure out what your obstacles are so that you know how to overcome them so that you just don't feel overwhelmed with the entire idea of creating a business or a nonprofit, but really what are your obstacles and what tools do I need to overcome them? Yeah, absolutely. And I like that you said, you know, not being afraid to ask. I think even when starting the podcast, I was like, okay, well now how am I going to get guests and how am I going to get um, sponsors and different things like that? And the, and when I started asking, I was like, well, no one's really saying no. Um, and I think we're probably told so many no's in our personal life or like in our nine to five jobs. And so we, when starting a business, we're so afraid that we're going to, you know, hear no, or like you said, the shyness may stop us from just being, you know, just going out there and, and taking that leap. Or if, you know, some people are introverted, like, I would right. say that we both are introverted, but when it comes to business, we just put that extrovert hat on and we're like, well, let's just do, see what we can do here. Mm-hmm. Um, but never be afraid to, you know, ask because the worst thing that can happen is they say no. And then it's like, okay, on to the next person. Um, but people are very willing right now. They're willing to be on your platform for the people out there who want to be a bloggers or podcasters, or if you don't want to start a nonprofit, you like Catalina was saying, finding a mentor, you know, people are really willing to lend a helping hand. And to be honest, they'll do it for free. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people are willing to help for free um, and just give advice. And then also I would say just try to be of service to those who you're trying to get information from. So it's not just about hitting people up and saying, hey, can you can I just pick your brain and get all this free knowledge? But also say like, hey, these are my skills and this is how I can contribute to your um, to your business, to your nonprofit. And, you know, just getting the door show that you have an interest to be of service and then people will see that genuine interest and want to help you out as well. So not just take, but also give and be yes. willing to show up just to help and not ask for anything in, in, in return. Right. Adding value is super important. Uh, absolutely. So now you have a team of how many? We have three lawyers. We have a paralegal, a legal assistant, um, myself, an accountant, 
Uh, and so we are growing. Uh, we are not just working here in the United States. We are also working in Colombia with an attorney abroad handling human rights cases. And so, I mean, the team has grown um, fast, but it, it does, you know, having a team also does come with a lot of uh, responsibility because you are the leader of the ship, you are the captain. So you have to make sure that you are showing up, that you are doing the work, that you are being consistent, and that you're not just telling people what to do, but you're leading by example and they see you doing the work. And that part can be tough, right? Like going from like solo dolo right. <laughs> to, okay, now you guys are all looking at me, like wanting to know what to do. Like, you know, you want to just be like, go figure it out. Just go do something. But you really do have to kind of like be the captain of the ship and, mm-hmm. and, and lead people and manage people. And that is hard. A lot of people, you know, you see these girls on Instagram and they're like leading these businesses and they have these employees and people are like, I want employees, but it's like, but do you, do but you do know you? what it takes to manage people? Um, mm-hmm. Because that, that takes some learning too. Was right. that, was that like a learn? I mean, I know the answer to this, but tell the people, our other friends, our unzip friends, right. was was this a learning curve for you to learn how to manage people? And then what, you know, what kind of helped you navigate that? Right. Um, it definitely took um, some learning. And, you know, I do think it takes you looking at the mirror and saying, how can I be better? And a lot of people don't want to do that. And so I think a lot of people want the dream, but don't want the hustle and the grind that say, comes with it. Say um, that. Yes. And so I definitely had to, you know, just look at the mirror, in the mirror and say, okay, how can I be better? How can I be a better leader? How can I be more supportive to my team? Just because I don't want to have a team that feels like you're just telling people what to do, but then you're not giving them all the tools that they need to make it happen. Um, And something that took a little bit of adjustment too is I'm the type of person, uh, I don't like to be micromanaged, right? Like you tell me what to do, I'll figure it out. You know, I'm gonna Google my life away, but I'll figure it out. And I'll come give you the final product and you give me feedback on it. Not everyone is like that. You know, some people wanna be shown from like A to Z, how to do things. And, you know, some people want a little bit more assistance. Some people want a little bit less assistance. And so you have to just learn what your team needs, learn the needs of every person in your team, how to um, assist them. And so, you know, one of the things that I incorporated into my onboarding process is just a questionnaire of, you know, to every employee, you know, how can I assist you? How do you like to be micro? Oh, how do you like to be managed? Um, how do you prefer your deadlines to be set out? Um, do you like to be micromanaged? Do you not like to be micromanaged? And I adjust to every employee, which not everyone wants to do that because it does take a lot of work, but I wanted the nonprofit to be a place where you want to come to work, where, um, you know, you feel like you have a team that gives you the support that you need in a way that works for you. And so I had to adjust my mindset and just be there in the way that every employee needed me to be. 
uh, and it's still yeah, a learning um, curve, you know, that I'm going through, but definitely putting in the work, uh, listening to a lot of audiobooks, you know, because, you know, you can always learn something new, new techniques, new skills um, that you can have in your, in your toolbox. Very good. I love that. Going forward, you um, not only have your foundation, but you are now embarking on um, business law. So you're helping small business um, with the legality of their business, you know, making sure they have their trademark, making sure that um, they're registered the right way. What kind of led you into that? Yeah, so at first when we started um, United Voices Foundation, I wanted the nonprofit to be a place where you can come in, create and protect your American dream. So it's not just immigration, but also business law. You know, where do you see yourself three years from now, five years from now? Is there a business that you really want to have, but you just don't know how to get started? And you just need a mentor, um, someone to show you the rope. You know, in a lot of ways, is a, a way to pay back, uh, you know, or give back to the community what I received when I wanted to start my own business. And so, you know, we are really here just to help you get started, brainstorm what you see for the business, what you see for your vision, for your life. Uh, we help you establish the legal entity so that you have a solid legal foundation. And then we also help you, you know, trademark the name, um, get the agreements that you're going to need in place, whether that is a service contract or an independent contract or agreement. And we have lawyers in the nonprofit that are going to sit with you and walk you through the process, hear your vision, and then help you create a game plan to make it a, uh, a reality. That's so smart. I think a lot of people, um, when starting a business or wanting to start a business, it is kind of hard trying to figure out exactly, you know, where to start. Um, you know, they'll start Googling and they'll start looking things up, but then to actually make sure that your business is, um, legitimized in your state is almost sometimes kind of like, like the last step. You know, a lot of people kind of forget to do that stuff in the beginning. Um, And then you find you have another business with your name or you lose your business. And so many things happen when you don't kind of take the necessary steps to make sure that your business is protected. So I think having a mentor and having someone set in place to, um, to protect your American dream, right? And to make sure that you don't have to go to bed at night thinking like, am I going to wake up and lose my business because I didn't take the steps to protect, protect my name or my assets or whatever the case may be. So I think that is so important. And I think a lot of current business owners, as well as aspiring business owners could definitely use someone like you, um, to make sure that their business is protected. Absolutely. Because I think at the end of the day, you know, you can, putting so much work to create a brand, to create, you know, a name, a reputation uh, for yourself and your business. But if you don't own your brand, it's up for grabs. And so you don't want to spend the time to buy a domain, create a social media, uh, you know, campaign, you know, create a logo, 
go through all these steps just to realize that someone else already owns that name. And so I think it's very important to just establish a solid legal foundation and then build from there. Sometimes we want to, you know, we're so excited. We want to get to the website. We want to get to, you know, the graphics, the social media content. But you have to start at step one. You can, you know, go to step three and then you haven't completed step one and step two. So uh, for that reason, yeah, it is very important to establish a legal uh, uh, entity so that, you know, you are separate, you know, from your business and you're not incurring uh, personal liability when it comes to running a business. And so, yeah, I definitely say, you know, speak to a lawyer, business lawyer, and uh, make sure that you get all the information that you need so that you get started on the right track. Perfect. What do you do when, uh, so this is a, back to a personal question. What do you do when you feel just completely overwhelmed by all that you're doing on a daily basis? What does your me time look like? Well, first of all, I called you. <laughs> we bent. <laughs> and then we're like, okay, no, you just kind of put in the work. <laughs> and then I feel better about my life. But no, um, definitely my me time is just sometimes just Netflix and chill or just exercise or go on a walk with my husband and my dog, um, you know, go on a weekend trip. I, I don't know, but lately I have really been enjoying going off grid. Um, okay, so, so talk, talk to me. Talk to me about it. Talk to me about it. It is so liberating. I mean, I'm always on, like you know, my phone, my email, my social media. Uh, but now, whenever I have some free time, you know, I just find a free time for me. Let me read a book. Let me just, you know hang out and watch, you know, a good podcast, a, a good podcast that I like, or a good interview. And then just let me feed my soul with, with things that um, keep me going, that remind me of all the obstacles that other people went through to make their dreams come through. Um, I love watching interviews, biographies. That is my jam. Uh, <laughs> and so... <laughs> I just try to do that, just really unplug from my business, from my responsibilities, even if it's just for a little bit. And then, you know, four or five hours later, I come back, I feel recharged. I'm like, okay, who called me, who texted me, who emailed me? But I feel like I fed my soul and, you know, I'm ready to keep going. Yeah, I, I think that's so, I think that's so good. I'm, I'm working on going off the grid sometimes and kind of waking up with a different type of intention. So um, I was talking to a friend the other day and he's someone that works out twice a day. I mean, he's up by five o'clock in the gym by like 536. Um, you know, he runs a business. He is such a go-getter, super, 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 super disciplined. And I was like, so what, like, what's, how do you do it? Because I am overwhelmed right now. It was a day that I was super overwhelmed with just my to-do list. And he was like, so walk me through how you wake up. 
and I was like, okay, um, I wake up and then I check. No. So what I was doing, um, which is so funny, I used to wake up and then I used to meditate, you know, make my bed. Um, I would journal, I would do all these things. And I was actually, I, I felt oh, on it. Yeah, I felt on it. I felt really calm. And but then lately, when I got more added to my plate, I started to wake up and then check emails like, okay, what do I got to do? What's on my calendar for today? And then I realized the overwhelm started to creep back in. So, you know, when we were talking, he was like, you know, it's all in how you wake up, how you wake up definitely sets the whole mood for the day. If you wake up with a very spastic energy, um, a very like overwhelmed energy, usually your day kind of continues to go on, go like that. Um, if you wake up and the first thing you do is grab coffee, coffee actually kind of creates more of that spastic type of energy. Um, instead, wake up, you know, have a glass of water, just wake up calmer, allows you to start the day calm. Um, right. and so it's really important to kind of create these different things and not let whatever floats your boat, right. Is you don't right. have to do that particular thing, but finding those moments of, like you said, going off the grid or waking up with a different intention really helps you to combat that overwhelmness that you may feel and be actually able to get everything done. Um, and so I think that's super important. My phone died the other day for like five minutes and it was like the best five minutes ever. I, at first I was like, Oh shoot, my mm -hmm. phone died. Like all mm -hmm. the emails, the calls. And then I was like, Whoa, like, but you know, it's crazy, gone. but you know, what's crazy. I still freak out when my phone dies. I'm like, Oh my gosh, people are calling me and they're just going straight to voicemail. I like my phone at least to be on. So that people can just, you know, send me a text message. I may not get it. I may not get to it right there, but I'll get to it, you know, uh, within a few hours. But, you know, I think something that we don't take into consideration is how overstimulated we are as a society. You know, you, we have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have TikTok, we have Snapchat, we have Twitter, we have Twitch. Um, you know, we have emails, we Did have you text YouTube? messages, we have WhatsApp, we have, um, you know, an, an, an infinite amount of applications um, that we have to keep up with. And then we're constantly getting so many news. We are going through a pandemic. Uh, you know, there are countries at war. And so I feel like sometimes we don't take a step back and realize how much every single human being is handling and processing at this time. And so I think sometimes it's okay to reduce the amount of information that you're taking in because otherwise you're always overstimulated, you know? Mm -hmm. Think about it. You go on Instagram and even if it's just 10 minutes, in 10 minutes you scroll, you see so many different things and that's all in your head is stuff that you're feeding into your soul, you know? So sometimes it's okay to just get back to basics, you know? What are the things that I need to accomplish to make sure that I'm following my vision, that I'm on track with my goals and just cut out all the clutter. 
you know, if it's not something that you need to post on social media today, don't log in. A hundred percent. You know, 100%. just wait until tomorrow. It's not going to kill you just because you don't check your Instagram one day. But we're so, um, I don't know if it's like trained or accustomed to any free time that we have, we go to social media and we're just scrolling and checking things. And it's just constant stimulation coming in. And when I find you, that overwhelming. Yeah, it's super overwhelming. And wouldn't you say that um, that overstimulation definitely, it, it, it stops you from thinking about the things that you truly want. You'll think of, you know, an amazing business that you want to do or how to scale your own business or how to um, be a better friend, be a better wife or whatever your personal goal is. Then you go to social media or whatever, and then you get so overly stimulated that you forget about what you wanted to do. You forgot about your purpose, your why, you know, how you want your business to look. And now you start switching everything up. Like, or maybe I want it to look like that. Or maybe my relationship should look like that. Or maybe my kids should dress like that. Or maybe instead of traveling here that I've been planning, I maybe should travel there. Or maybe I should go to dinner there and not go to dinner there. It's like you get so off of your own track on what it is that you were even thinking about doing because now you see so many different versions of that. And now you no longer know what your path looks like. Absolutely. I think a lot of the times, you know, um, when we're trying to start a business or, you know, create a game plan, we spend a lot of time on social media looking at what other people are doing. And so I think that in, in a way creates more of the same right? It's just a saturation of what everybody else is doing because everybody is just doing what everyone else is doing. Um, I think it should be more internal and less external. So if that means, you know, going off social media for a weekend and then just developing the game plan that you want for your life and what you see um, yourself doing and how you see yourself living, um, I think that will make sure that your goals and actions are aligned with the vision that you see for yourself rather than trying to create what somebody else saw for their own life, you know? Exactly. Uh, and so I think, yeah, just being more internal, less external uh, will help you, you know, just reduce the stimulation. You know, I'm the queen of taking social media breaks. You know, I love shutting off my social media. I no, you are seriously, you are seriously the queen of that. We'll like have an hour, you know, two hour talk. And you're like, you're like, no, you know what? Like, I, I'm just going, I'm going on a break. I'm going to hide. I'm turning everything off. And then I will literally like call you and be like, Hey, what's going on? And you're like, Oh, I'm literally like at some beach in some <laughs> other country. <laughs> Or I'm hiking some mountain in somewhere else. Or me and Mike are like camping on the side of a river. And I'm like, what the hell? I was just yes. talking to you. Like, and now you're like somewhere else, like getting that self-care moment. And I love that for you because you got to just know yourself so much that you're like, okay, it's time for me to like, I got to like throw up the deuces and I got to go find myself for a minute. Like if you don't allow yourself to get that time, it's just so important to get that time 
give that time back to yourself to just, to just quiet everything, to just figure out what you want in life and just kind of get yourself back on alignment. Because like you're saying, when you are overstimulated so much, it tends to kind of shift you off your alignment a little bit. And then everything just feels off. Like in every aspect of your life, you're like, I don't even know what I want anymore. And it's a really, it really is a sucky feeling to yeah, it is. not know what you're doing, what you want, or if the things that you are doing or the things that you did want, is that, you know, is it what I want? Um, you, you tend to like forget, you know, who you are and your own vision for your life. And that feeling makes you feel trapped. I don't know about you, but for me, mm-hmm. it makes me feel trapped. And so I was telling my sister the other day, I was like, I'm about to literally, I'm about to just start running in the opposite direction. Don't stop. (laughs) (laughs) You know me, I'm always like, I'm on it like eject mode. I'm like, I'm out. I'm like going, I'm like, literally, I'm about to get my car just driving out. I go see me for like weeks Um, because sometimes you just want to run away from it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is that moment of feeling overstimulated. And so taking that time to align and just kind of pressing that pause button is so, that's self-care. Yes, it really is. I'm telling you, I, you know, usually when I was in law school and I had finals or something like that, you know, a lot of times I would just, you know, deactivate my Instagram for like a month. And people would always be so concerned, like, are you okay? You know, are you okay? I see your social media is deactivated. And it's not that you're not okay, but, you know, just the thought of, oh, I have to check my Instagram is another task, you know? And and then I go and then I start scrolling and then I start looking at things that I have no business looking at. And then next thing you know, I wasted 15, 20 minutes of my time. And then I saw a bunch of things that just added more stimulation to my mind that I didn't need. Um, But when I would take, you know, like a month of social media, it's incredible how much time you get back. It's crazy. Like you literally wake up and you know you don't have to worry about social media um, like you don't have to post, you don't have to check comments, you don't have to check DMs. It is very liberating, but I will say, you know, I also do love social media. So it's like a love-hate relationship because I've also been able to create a lot of meaningful relationships through social media. You know, people that I met on social media and then I meet them in real life and we become friends. I think that's super cool, especially people from other countries, you know, that you never even met. Um, And so I think social media is very powerful, but social media was designed to be addictive. And so, you know, you have, you know, people that are working on developing business models that constantly keep you on coming back to keep scrolling, to keep liking. And so we do have to be conscious and aware about how that is also affecting us and then just making sure that you're not getting sucked in, you know, by this business model, but that you're also aware of it and you're taking steps to protect yourself, your mental health, and, you know, just your time. Time is valuable. Time is money. If you're not, if you're not balling, 
your most valuable asset is your health and your time. You know, don't give it away. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> <laughs> you say that all the time, and it, it, it's, yeah. it's definitely so true. So, I mean, I agree with you. Like, I love social media. We run our businesses off social media. Yeah. Um, it's also important that with your business, that social media is not your only place that you own your own piece of the internet by having your own website, because, you know, um, that way there's some balance there that you're, you're not putting it all on social media. Cause as we know, it'll crash and you'll have just your business there. Um, so yes, we love social media, but then we also are, have some understanding of how to utilize social media in moments when we need to take a beat and focus on self-care. So I think that's super important. Um, I don't even know how we went off on that tangent. I, I know. Even, I that's know. how we do it. And I don't, I don't remember how we got talking about social media, honestly. I, know. <laughs> I yeah. don't remember. But it's important because, you know, a lot of, you know, you're constantly hearing how important social media is, which it is. You know, I have a background in marketing and social media marketing. So I understand how important it is, but it's also important to be conscious. And I think it's important to let people know and remind people because it's not a topic that we're constantly talking about, but it's something that we're consuming on the daily. So love that. So I have a question that I ask everybody when they come on, it either has to do with strength, beauty, or purpose. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we, we heard a lot about your purpose. Um, I want to talk about beauty because I know this is something that we talk about all the time. Um, when do you feel the most beautiful? Busy no makeup, <laughs> no makeup on a beach, curly hair, just tanned, relaxed, <laughs> you know, just, I love, you know, just being free. I feel like when I'm free, I feel most beautiful. Um, and it's so interesting because you know, I'm usually like no makeup, curly hair, and you're like a total beauty guru. And you're always telling me like, this is the primer you can use. This is the foundation you can use. All I know about makeup, I learned it from Shakira. Uh, So, (laughs) you know, I do think makeup and getting ready and, you know, feeling, you know, like, like a girl boss is also really important. It almost, it also makes me feel really beautiful. But I feel my most beautiful, just like crazy hair, wild, you know, tan on a beach. That's, that's it. That sounds beautiful. Yes. You feeling free and in the moment in your most natural state is when you feel the most beautiful. And I, I think that's amazing. And almost every woman that I ask that question to nine times out of 10, they tell me they feel the most beautiful when they're just at home with like a baggy shirt and no makeup on. And then they're just chilling. And I, I feel like that. I love that for us. Yes. I love that for us too, because social media will say otherwise, you know, they would say mm-hmm. that we don't feel beautiful in that state. And I think for, for a lot of us, we feel the most beautiful when we are just us and there is no, um, no one's requiring us to look and feel a certain way. We're just in our natural state, our natural being, feeling 
whatever we want to feel in that moment. I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I agree. You know, natural beauty, um, it's something that should be embraced more often, you know, uh, these ideals of beauty um, that are being pushed on us today. I don't think they're very realistic or sustainable, but that's just my opinion. That's your opinion, my opinion, and a whole nother episode. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about that forever. Um, right. Okay, so what's next for you? So up next is the bar exam, which is, you know, Mount Everest. <laughs> but we're going to make it happen. And then after that, I'm taking a well-deserved trip, um, you know, somewhere in the world. And after that, you know, just getting back to the grind, I have a lot of exciting plans that I want to execute this year. Um, I'm very, very excited about the vision. I'm really hopeful about the future. You know, I feel like the hardest part was getting here, graduating from law school, you know, passing the bar exam. And, you know, I already am halfway there. Just, you know, need to pass the bar. So feeling really excited. I, I feel, I don't know, lately I just feel like liberated, like I'm done with school. I don't have to, you know, work from nine to five, go to school from six to 10. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm feeling really good and, and excited about the future. Well, I'm so excited for you and I'm excited that you finally came on the show mm -hmm. and um, we were able to chat and talk about, you know, United Voices because I think what you're doing is, is so amazing, um, not just for the immigrants that you serve, but it's just so amazing for everyone. You really are, have helped so many people. We didn't even talk about when you did that Haiti relief, um, but, but you've just... Seriously, every time we talk, I'm like so impressed and proud of everything that you've been able to accomplish. And I'm so excited for this year and everything that you have planned. And, you know, for anyone listening, if you are looking for a mentor, someone that can really whip you into shape, get your business looking the way it needs to look. I mean, Catalina is truly, truly a gem. And I'm not saying that because you're my best friend. I'm truly saying that because our talks are always like, can keep us pushing for three months. For sure. Three months of motivation from one talk. And so I can only imagine if you were giving that to women out there who really um, were looking for that accountability partner and someone to really help them, you know, with their business in the beginning phases, or even for an immigrant who really just wants to embark on their American dream, that you are the go-to girl for that. Thank you. I really, really do appreciate that. And it means a lot because you've seen my journey. I mean, I love that I'm, I'm blessed enough to still be best friends with my best friend from high school. You know, that doesn't happen that often. And that we really are living out our dreams. Like everything we talked about back at Kennesaw, <laughs> Kennesaw Mountain New High School. <laughs> <laughs> We really are doing it, and it has been a beautiful journey to have you by my side, supporting me and cheering me on all these years, and so, you know, your support means the world to me, and I'm just really excited that we're doing the damn thing. Listen, yes, we are. Yes. By all means. <laughs> yes, by all means necessary. That's right. 
Well, thank you again for coming on and we will chat soon. Alrighty, thank you for you know the time and um, to everyone listening to this episode, thank you for tuning in. Oh wait, before you go, you have to tell everybody where to find you. Okay, so you can find me on um, all social media platforms at Colombian Bell, Colombia with an O, guys, very important, not with a U, <laughs> Colombian Bell, or you can just Google me at Carolina Arias Cedillo. I know that's a mouthful, um, and you know, I will um, come up on the first page, but definitely just follow me on social media. We'll connect there, I'll follow you back. Um, if you heard me on the podcast, just drop a little comment and saying, hey, I heard you on the Unsip podcast and, you know, I'll know that, you know, we made that connection there and I'll follow you back, reply to you. And I really, you know, look forward to meeting a lot of you. Love it and love you. Love you. Thank you.